Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw tonight. I'm joined by Ariel Pacheco to break down a 109-94 win over the Houston Rockets. A big-time performance by the Knicks' two stars in the fourth quarter. A Josh Hart resurgence and is Quinton Grimes a goner. All that and more next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Knicks. The Knicks were due for a good game, and well, they got one a 109 to 94 win over the Rockets. And I'm lucky enough to be joined by Ariel Pacheco. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at A Pacheco NBA, where you can also find his fantastic Substack. Um, if you want to learn more about the Knicks and become a smarter fan of basketball, be sure to check it out. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. And I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. Be sure to subscribe and hit that notifications bell on YouTube and the auto download function on your podcast platform of choice without further ado let's get into things right now with Ariel all right guys as promised uh, I'm lucky enough to be joined by my buddy Ariel Pacheco on today's post game big win for the New York Knicks over the Houston Rockets 109 to 94 Ariel it's nice to have Jalen Brunson back a dominant fourth quarter Julius Randle was kept in the game with four fouls he picked up his fourth with eight and a half minutes left in the third quarter I thought it was stupid shows you what I know Tom Thibodeau happy birthday Tom a great decision Randle plays the rest of the way season high four threes both of them have over 30 points Josh Hart redemption game a lot of stuff to talk about where, where do you want to start what stood out to you tonight um, it's just kind of refreshing just to see the the stark difference in having Brunson on the floor again, um, especially down the stretch of the game. We saw what the Orlando game was like. Um, so it was just kind of like a reminder of just how good Brunson is and, and how much of a difference maker he really is for the Knicks and has been since he's joined the I, I thought it was um I, I I was I thought it was interesting, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um when Tibbs twice in this game went to lineups with no Brunson and no Randall before um, the injuries. I think we'd pretty much only seen um, those two, like like one of them on the court for essentially every minute of the game. I, I think maybe a game or two before Tibbs started experimenting with having one of them off the court at, at a time. And I, I thought, all right, that's a show of faith in Deuce and, and a testament to how well he's been playing that Tibbs is saying, all right, basically it's your show. Go cook. And then the fourth quarter, Deuce had um, the Knicks were up by 13. They take Brunson out. He's out for like 90 seconds. Deuce gets stripped. Someone on the Rockets goes coast for coast. And, and Tom Thibodeau is like, I've seen enough. <laughs> Jalen Brunson mm-hmm. goes right back in. Um, coming off an injury, finishes tonight's game with 37 minutes. I was surprised Julius only played 34. I, I think he's, he's had a really long stint out of the game in the first half. OG Ananobi, 43. Isaiah Hartenstein, 41. I don't really know if I'm going any particular direction with it other than the Tom Thibodeau really wanted this win. And I, I think we've just seen what the Knicks are this year against crummy teams. This game moved them to 17 and one against teams under 500. I believe that's tied with the Denver Nuggets for the best record in the league against teams under 500. Obviously still an open question, just how good the OG and version of the Knicks is, is going to be against the best teams in the league. But it, it just sort of feels like the floor is extremely, extremely high with this group. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at as well. Um, just to touch on the minutes thing, is it, it is a little bit concerning, like seeing Isaiah Hardenstein. I think he played the entire second half, unless I missed like a very short sub. Um, seeing, you know, uh, Brunson just coming off an injury, you know, he's straight to 37 minutes. So there definitely 
is, is a little bit of weirdness there. And then OG Ananobi's been getting a ton of minutes. Um, I think last time he had 43 minutes. I don't know how much he had tonight, but it has 43 to be more again. 40. Oh, yeah. okay, there you go. Um, so it's just it's a lot. Um, and I think it's it's eventually may take its toll. Um, hopefully not. But I do think that the, the there needs to be like a little bit of a reint- reorientation of the minutes. Um, Precious, I think he had five minutes in the first half. Didn't touch the floor in the second half, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, I think his minutes have been kind of up and down, maybe more down than up <laughs> so far. Um, but I would have liked to see at some point to see like experimenting with Julius at the five. I thought this was a good matchup for that with, with the Rockets going Jeff Green at the five. But I mean, overall, you're just happy to come away with the win. Um, like you said, beating you got to beat the bad teams. You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Um, but I, I was kind of impressed by Houston's defense as well. I thought that was worth mentioning. Yeah, no, I, I think it's I think it's telling that. I mean, to your point, five guys play at least thirty minutes, and, and no one else on the roster plays over twenty minutes. This this almost felt like a, like Tibbs treating this like a playoff game. The issue is, I feel like he's going to treat every game like a playoff game the rest of the way. Um, and and to me, maybe the the single and we can circle back on on Brunson and Randall, but like the single most substantial part of this feeling like a playoff game was the way Josh Hart played. Like it felt like a weirdly Vintage performance from him with 10 points, 14 rebounds, uh, came into the game questionable with a knee injury. I was like ready to come on and be pissed again. Obviously, the reports out there from Fred Katz that the Knicks are actively listening to offers on on Quentin Grimes in search of another playmaker. And my stance has kind of been like, I feel like post-trade, Grimes has clearly been the better player than Hart. And and Hart, and, and, and this was still an issue at times tonight, has just constantly been passing up open threes and without Emmanuel quickly out there to just like single-handedly provide some juice to the second unit and RJ Barrett to soak up some possessions. Like we've seen those Josh Hart led second units just totally stagnate. I think in large part due to his inability to create in the half court and his unwillingness to just take threes, even if they're the lightest of contests. And again, some of that stuff came up, but the hustle like felt like last year's Josh Hart and and that is an absolute game changer for the Knicks the chemistry between him and Brunson down the stretch of this game those two even having a pick and roll together um was was enticing and I I wonder if it was a case of like that's something that works against the Rockets and doesn't work against better teams or 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 Hart hopefully hopefully this is the first game and him turning the corner a little bit looking more like the guy the Knicks got last year because he, he makes them a different team yeah, I've had similar concerns as you just with Josh Hart's minutes overall. Um, I don't have, I've never had an issue with like Josh Hart, the player himself, because I do think he brings some valuable things, especially from the wing position, like his rebounding. Um, tonight, we really saw him kind of get back to pushing in transition and kind of being really effective in that. Um, definitely had a couple hiccups, but overall, like that kind of juice is the kind of things we saw from him last year when he was so effective. So, I mean, I'm also been a little bit concerned because like his numbers around the rim have, have dipped a little bit from last year. Um, he's not getting to the rim as much. Um, the the three-point shot, you know, it comes and goes for him. And then he he's also can be passive and turn a lot of them down. Um, but, like, when you get this version of Josh Hart where he's, like, where, where it's kind of hard to quantify, like, his impact, where he's, like, all over the floor and, like, he just seems to be, like, involved in every play, um, that, that's the kind of Josh Hart that I think is, like, the one we've kind of come to, like, grow and love and, and, and appreciate as a player. Um, I would love to, like, my issue, I guess, when when I'm, like, critiquing I guess the Josh Hart situation is more so I just I've always had kind of concerns about the way his minutes are like kind of managed um like tonight we saw a lot of minutes with him at the two which I'm just not a fan of especially like when you have Grimes and and DiVincenzo the way they're both playing it just feels like not having one of those two on the floor right now feels like kind of doing like Brunson and Randall a disservice 
Um, so I, I'm just I'm a little iffy on it, but it, it is nice to see him uh, play nice once again, and, and I hope that it's kind of the start of him kind of stringing together a good stretch of games. Yeah, I think it, we're, we're probably on the same page with this, but I, I've kind of been of the opinion it just takes the perfect storm for him to work at the two. And tonight, where Julius, like I said it earlier, but again, and it's it's crazy because he was doing this regularly last year, but it was a season high four threes for Julius. Like when Julius goes four for eight from three, Brunson goes four for nine for three, and Anobi goes two for five from three. Like then all of a sudden it's tenable. Like when you combine that with Josh Hart, again, just like making absurd hustle play after absurd hustle play in this game. Like he, he had a save in the fourth quarter. That was just ridiculous where he, he fought his way through like three rockets to like, kind of like Tom Cruise mission impossible style, slow-mo jump out of bounds, like catch the ball in the air, somehow able to keep it in. Like I, I thought the defense, like he, he, he didn't get credit for all of them, but like it was taking like hit after hit on that end. And like had that two play sequence where Dylan Brooks just kind of nailed him in the eye with the elbow. And then there was a loose ball. He beat Brooks to it. You could tell Brooks was pissy and Brooks just kind of started slapping him on the arm. Josh Hart, like pivots, gets right to the rim, lays it in big fist bump, big let's go to the crowd. And it just sort of felt like a year's worth of frustration was let out on that one play. He was also a key part of like what I thought was like the single best sequence for the Knicks all game where Hartenstein, I think it was on Jalen Green, had a swat at the rim. Hart pushed it up to Julius Randle. Randle touch pass to OG Ananobi for the and one dunk. And and I guess that, that, that leads me to, I mean, unless you have any final thoughts on Hart and like, I, I don't know, that's, I think, I think as much as it looks good on the right nights in the regular season um, with no quickly on the floor, like I, I, I just think him playing the two is, is, is death in the playoffs. And we saw that um, against the Miami heat last year with, with even when Quinn Grimes had like 30, 20, 80 splits, um, he was still, there were something like 30 points better with him on the floor than Josh Hart. That still looms large for me, even if Ananobi's a better shooter than RJ. But anyways, I bring up Randall to say like, I, I think the fact that he had four assists tonight does him, a little bit of a disservice. I, I just thought this was such a smart, like decisive game for him in terms of picking his spots as a scorer. And he just, he had three different assists that were just sort of one timers where he's getting off the ball quicker this year, had two straight games where he didn't totally do that. And tonight I, I just thought it was a series of good decisions from him. All right, guys, next on Locked On Knicks, we're going to continue diving deep into what made it such a good night for Julius Randle and a dominant fourth quarter from Jalen Brunson. But first I got to tell you about our buddies over at prize picks. So you might be at home asking, what is PrizePix? Well, PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America, where the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS is just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in my favorite feature on prize picks is that they offer a reboot policy. So essentially what that means is your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured, I don't know if you guys play regular fantasy sports or DFS, but either way, my biggest frustration is pouring all this time into research, reading the experts, making a great decision, and then just having my guy turn his ankle in the first quarter. It's all over. That's not the case on prize picks for football and basketball games. If you have a player exits the game in the first half, and does not return the second. That player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use our code locked on NBA for first deposit match up to hundred bucks. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for first deposit match up to $100 prize picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level? 
LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MBA. That's linkedin.com slash MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, when Randall's working quickly and like decisively, he's so tough to stop. Um, I, I think when he's getting downhill and he knows where his teammates are on the floor and he's able to map it out, and he knows he has OG in the corner, for example. He found them for, I think, a couple of threes. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. And that's when he's really at his best, when he's able to kind of um, use his 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 downhill ability to get people going. Um, and again, I mentioned the quick decision-making with Randall because when, when he's at his worst, it's always like holding onto the ball too long when there's a double. Or, you know, he's like, can't find an open man. Or, or it's just when, when he's working quickly, that's when you always see the best version of him. And I thought it was really nice to see him hit some threes tonight. Um, he's kind of struggled with his shot this season. Um, so just just seeing him get a couple a couple of tough ones too from the corner. Um, just seeing him knock those down is just a positive sign. Um, I just think overall, like you can kind of point to anyone on the floor that played today for the most part, and and kind of find something good to take away, which which is kind of it's good to see that after kind of a couple of ugly games um, against some some worse talent than the Rockets. But um, overall, just an encouraging win and. Um, I think the takeaways should be more positive than anything negative after tonight. Yeah, and and maybe maybe this is just a headspace I've been recently. Like I, yeah. I find myself looking at this one and and definitely like it's not I, I don't want to call this a negative because I, I think Houston is a pretty good team and, and just the way the Knicks dismantled them down the stretch of this game was I mean it, it it's what they've been doing all year against teams that they're better than. It just sort of feels like, again, like you look at the minutes totals and like, I I, keep, I guess like I'm, I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I kind of come back to the same question. Like, all right, do the Knicks, like, should they need everyone, like all their stars to play that much to beat the Rockets? And like, and, and maybe this was Tom Thibodeau saying like, I want, I want a clean win. I want to, I want to win by 15. I don't want to be up by five, sweating it out with three minutes left. And maybe if he'd kept Deuce out there for three or four minutes and like that bench line about the, for three or four minutes, that's what it would have been. And it, it's why it makes me think this Knicks team is, is ultimately um, not quite done yet, but let's, um let's dive a little deeper on, on Jalen Brunson because it was an amazing, amazing return for him. 30 points, seven assists, three rebounds, 11 to 21 from the field, four for nine from three, four for seven, from the line. Um, I mean, I just, this was like a him being the best guy on the court game. And I remember last year, he had all those duels with Fred Van Vliet and Van Vliet seemed to take a joy in, in cooking against Brunson. Almost like you're, you're not taking my title of, of, of best diminutive guard in the Eastern conference. And, and Brunson tonight was just so much better than him. And I, I don't know about you, Ariel, maybe those games just because Toronto tortured the Knicks last year, three and one, all of them were ugly. Like it felt like the Knicks walked out with like black eyes and limps every time they, they played those games. Like it was just satisfying. Even if FVV is on a new team to watch Brunson, just, just kick his, you know what all night. Yeah. It was like a small guard war um, between those yeah, two and yeah. it has been in every matchup. And it's fun to watch because they, they're kind of both small guards, but they do it in different ways. 
Yeah. Um, I, I thought, yeah, but they, they've always kind of gone at it, and it's it's just fun to see like guys at that size kind of find their own ways to like dominate NBA games. Um, but yeah, just to get back to Brunson, he was he was awesome tonight. Like the tough shot making, he made so many shots that like he felt he got fouled on. You could see him get yeah. frustrated, but he's still just able to knock it down just because he has that kind of innate ability to play through contact. Um, it's it's interesting to see what kind of whistles he gets night to night because it always feels like he doesn't get the amount of calls that he probably deserves. Um, but I, I, I come away just feeling like when Brunson is on the floor, like the Knicks just always, they just feel better. They, they, they run better. And he just has this kind of, um, feel for like when the Knicks need a bucket or, or when he needs to get somebody a touch. And I think since the trade, we've kind of seen his playmaking pop a little bit more. I feel like we're seeing him with the ball in his hands more. I guess he, he kind of understands the other guys on the floor other than Randall are guys that kind of, they need. They need him to get them involved. They aren't guys like OG. OG can do a little bit off the bounce. It's not always the prettiest, but I think a guy like OG, guys like Grimes, Dante, they they, they thrive when the ball is being swung to them and it's coming off of, you know, the defense is already bending over. So I, I think overall it's just it's a lot it's a lot to ask of Brunson. So when we, we talk about the minutes um and going forward, I think he has a heavy load. So I am a little bit concerned in that aspect. Um, but, um, it's just, again, it's just really nice to see him on the court again. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what I was really getting at earlier. And you, you summed it up, uh, more, more succinctly and better than I could. Like, they're just so reliant on Brunson and Randall to create everything, but, but to those guys' credit, they've been up for it. And you, you almost get the feeling that Tibbs after the OG trade, like almost pulled them aside and said, like, Hey, like you guys can't just be scorers out there. Like these, no one else is creating their own shot. And I thought Brunson, I mean, he had, he had two, like, deep threes to start the game and then only scored four more points the the entire rest of the first half but it's because he was like really good in distribution he set up i heart like over and over and over again like he he loves that little like he, he's, he's done it with heart a bunch of times too where he's like just dribbling across the middle of the floor and almost looking like he's just like gnashing it even though it's not under the basket where he's almost going horizontal um to the rim instead of instead of being like facing the rim and then he'll just throw like this no look like pocket pass to whoever's under the basket and there are just so many eyes around him like he had another one where he was driving and drew like three guys at the rim at the last second slung it out to the opposite corner to OG I mean what stood out to me more than anything else was just like it was again Tibbs only sitting him for whatever it was a minute 90 seconds in the fourth quarter and then Brunson coming in and just immediately recognizing what the mission was it's just it just kind of said all right it's winning time and he, he came in immediately hit a three had I, I think this is one of the shots you were referencing just like a total circus shot like falling down with Sangoon basically tackling him should have been an and one I mentioned that that pick and roll with him at heart I, I thought that was a thing of beauty where we're too stuck with Brunson off the off, on the ball and again like Brunson last year like maybe still tries to do something in terms of scoring there and instead he just gets off the ball fast like throws it right to heart heart gets right to the rim for a layup um like him getting to the middle of the floor for floating jumper like the late back-to-back would-be and ones he missed one free throw but he he was just a force and Houston had zero answer for him um you you mentioned Dante only 19 minutes in this game but I I thought like a game changing stretch in the first half where he accounted for seven straight points that was like just like it, it kind of helped the Knicks shake away from Houston and Houston. Um, I don't know if they had another lead after that. They got it to 47, 46, but um, he, he had two, like um, like he had that pick two where he left it off for Randall for the dunk. Um, then like had like a bunch of great helps on, on Shengun. Um, it didn't let him get anything up around the rim and then had that outlet to OG Ananobi. Then he hit a three when Julius just t- sort of left it behind instead of pick. 
Like I, I just thought that stretch and like Dante seemingly is doing this every game now, like where he's, he's just carrying the Knicks at, at some point where they need offense. And it, it's been so crucial post-trade to get that from him. Yeah. He's kind of been showing a little bit more like scoring ability inside the arc these past few games. Um, I guess out of necessity more than like um, him kind of flashing his skills, but um, overall, like I, I tweeted this earlier, but he's just been so consistent and like, he's been about as good as like, I think any reasonable person could have expected from him. Um, I think now that we're seeing him defend off the ball a lot more, you can see like he denies so many actions. He, he makes teams kind of turn away from their first or second options and go into their third and fourth. And that just makes teams dribble out the shot clock more, you know, more difficult shots as a result. Or he's, you know, getting steals in the, on, in the passing lane and, and then dropping it off for Julius like he did earlier tonight. Um, I, I come away watching him and it's like I, I wasn't I, I don't want to say I was high or low on this deep Vincenzo signing. I was kind of, you know, I understood it. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I think he helps. Um, I didn't see him having this kind of an impact night in, night out. Um, and it's it's kind of been enjoyable to see him kind of build that chemistry alongside not just Brunson, who we know he had a connection with, but Rafrando as well. seems like those two have been really good at, at developing a two-man game. And we've been really seeing it pop of late. So I've enjoyed that as well. He, he's almost the, I mean, hard, hard taking and making threes is, is probably the number one thing. But DiVincenzo, just because he's had kind of an iffy postseason track record. Like he, he, he might be up there for the biggest swing guy for the Knicks in terms of them maintaining this level of play into the postseason. Obviously another guy in that conversation, OG Ananobi, 15 points, five rebounds, four steals, one block. And sometimes, sometimes you see a guy has four steals and, and, it, and it jumps out at you like, Whoa, I didn't, I didn't notice that watching that. That's a big number. And OG, it felt, it felt like at least four steals. Like I, I thought this was about as dominant of a defensive game he's had for the Knicks, maybe maybe, maybe save for that that first one where he was locking up Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns at different times. But w- what did you make of his night? All right, guys, we'll be back with Ariel one final time to tell you whether it's a good idea or an absolutely disgusting one for the New York Knicks to trade Quentin Grimes. Maybe I just gave it away. I don't know. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you about our buddies over at Game Time. So game time is the ultimate place to buy your next ticket. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And that best price guarantee, that is what got me when I was in Phoenix a couple months ago visiting my girlfriend. I said, you know, I need I need to go see the Knicks. They're playing the Suns. Um, it's going to be super expensive to get in. The Suns big three was on their way back. How am I going to figure this out? How am I going to afford to get in? And the game time guarantee made it happen for me. With the game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less on any competitor, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So that means there's no reason to ever go with another site. Plus, you get exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. So why would you even look anywhere else? All in prices show your total upfront. So you know you're getting a great deal before you even check out. Download the game time app and create account use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed that one play the, uh towards the, in the fourth where he was guarding shangun in the in the yeah. post and then i think yeah. he blocks the first attempt then he gets a strip on the next one it's just like the kind of perfect kind of you know way to describe or if I was showing somebody a clip of OG I'm like yeah this is what he does he legitimately can guard one through five and it's it's very unique it's very rare um and I think like seeing him today you you just kind of notice his size on the court at all times it's like he's huge and maybe it's just because like we've been watching the Knicks all these years like 
they haven't had a legit like wing player like size guy in a while. So maybe he just pops a little bit more than usual. But um, I, I think tonight he, he kind of – I've enjoyed the drives from him lately. They're kind of up and down, and sometimes they're not the prettiest. But when he's able to like maintain his balance, he goes up strong. And whether he's able to finish, it usually leads to like an offensive rebound because he's dragging over the center um, to rotate on the drive. So, um, again, I come away like very – like I, I the OG trade has just been about, again, as good as you could have expected, especially initially. Um, I do think they will need to supplement – him and especially that bench unit with like another ball handler at some point because it does feel like they just kind of all take turns kind of like hey do you think you got something this possession um so i'm a little concerned there um but og og's awesome man yeah i'm i'm, I'm with you on the drives I've, I've been calling it out every game i mean the the dunk he almost had the the other day over what it was jonathan isaac and paolo if i'm remember or maybe maybe isaac and wendell carter that was just absurd um, I just get so hyped up every time he muscles something. Because to your point, like RJ would do that occasionally on a mismatch, and Julius obviously has some of that in his game. But it, the Knicks just like that was the type of thing that would happen to the Knicks, and you'd have someone standing over your dude and like flexing on him. And it, it would, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that Josh Hart does that to guys sometimes. But generally, like this year, it felt like the Knicks were the ones getting bullied, and OG has completely flipped that. There are times again where the offense dies a little bit and and I think Tibbs is maybe asking for a little bit too much if he's like I I guess I don't know if, if you would consider him this but if he is your nominal like number one option with that bench unit or co-number one with Deuce like but as a secondary creator and like like when he when he has an opening and someone's closing out to him like it's so fun and I I just want him to find a way to get to two of those drives a quarter like I know eight drives is, is, is a pretty high amount for a third option on a per game basis but the more of that he can do um, and the less of him like pulling up for usually like awkward, like mid range jumpers, which tonight he didn't really take any of, um, that'd be great. And his defense, yeah, again, was just, it's it just so nice. Like anytime he goes one-on-one, -on -one, like Ariel, and I know you, you're like me, you play pick up basketball. Like when you, when, when you know, um, like you're better than someone and like someone else on their team is like, go at him, go at him. And I'm like, please, please go at me. I feel like OG's saying that like every second of every game. And as a fan, like I get to, I get to pretend I'm OG now. I'm like, please go at him. And it never works out for other teams. Yeah. 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 He's just like, he's, he's like very sticky on the ball and then off the ball. He's always on point. Um, I, I see him like make a lot of like backline rotations. He's just always on the ball. He gets, he gets his hand on the ball a lot. Um, I just, I've been, I've come to really appreciate him defensively. And then, on offense too, and just to add to the point on his drives, his passing is kind of—it's very simple. It's nothing like out of this mm -hmm. world, but sometimes making the simple decision is, is is the right decision. And he's found Hartenstein on a couple of like dump off passes. Um, so again, it's nothing that'll like scream like like off the page, but I think it's something worth mentioning because I think like to contrast with RJ, which I, isn't really fair, but with RJ sometimes on his drives he would um kind of try to do a little too much and with og it's just always like okay you close out on me i'll take the drive to the paint and if i have the dunk i'll go up for it and if not i'll just dump it off or if not he just resets it's very simple decision making but again like simple can be very effective and it is for him i, I know i know people have mentioned it but i i think the 
the upgrade offensively. I mean, so so obviously so much of it is tied into a shooting and the fact that he's treated as a shooter. And then and then the next biggest thing is just the negative plays that RJ had are just few and far between with OG. And it's it's almost less so the plays he is making and more so the plays he isn't making. Um, well, let's let, let's finish on on Quentin Grimes because we, we didn't. Um, Alex, of course, did the great episode on uh, Malcolm Brogdon the other day, which which you didn't. If you didn't get to check out, um, really really fun crossover with Locked On Blazers. Um, diving deep on, on that potential trade, I, I think Brogdon would be a great fit. Um, fifty two percent shooter on spot up threes this year, despite I'm sure teams just flying out on him because there aren't a lot of options on Portland. So that would be cool to see. Quentin Grimes, though, um, I, I know um, just from, from talking to you over the years, Ariel, you're like me, um, a huge fan of his and probably similarly have been somewhat dismayed to see that this trade, which I thought would open up like a, a much bigger role for him, um, hasn't really changed his lot in life for the Knicks. And it's been pretty clear that he is like a breaking case of emergency option. It almost doesn't matter how well he plays. Like tonight, only shot two for six from three. The, the bright spot was that he went five for five from the line when he'd only taken 16 free throws all season. And those came on, on two straight plays, but it, it just feels like he's continued to be in an impossible position of trying to build a rhythm and trying to expand his game while not getting to play more than six, seven minutes in a row at a time. And, and now it feels like the Knicks are ready to move on for this guy that I don't know about you. I was super excited to see him and OG Adenobi on the court defending together in the playoffs. Like I, I thought that was going to be epic. Yeah, that tandem would be like insane on any team's like top two options. Um, overall though, I am pretty frustrated with his minutes. I do think that it should be pretty easy to get him and or Dante over twenty minutes a night. Um, today they both played under twenty, and I think the issue again we, we touched on it a little bit earlier with Hart playing at the two that kind of eats away at those guys' minutes just because they never play together. Um, I believe I think it was Fred Katz in his story who said that they only played thirty six minutes together in total this season. And I think that's kind of a very – it's a severely limiting factor in, ter in terms of what how many minutes Grimes can play and also DiVincenzo because they're, they're slotted into the two, and then now they have Hart eating at their minutes as well. Um, so it's a little bit tough for Grimes right now. Um, I do think he's played a lot better since the since his benching and then even better since the trade. Um, overall, I think, I think they've started to look for him a little bit more. He doesn't feel as lost, like, offensively. Um, and I think that he's been more aggressive in the way he's getting his shots. Not like tonight taking five free throws is something we haven't seen from him all season. Um, so again, it's just encouraging to see him get some minutes, but I, I do think it is a little bit disappointing that he may be getting shipped out without really getting that increased opportunity. We thought we'd see from the point of the trade to the trade deadline. Um, yeah, but yeah, we can go. no, 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 finish up. Oh yeah. Just that, um, I, I've, not, nothing much else to add, just that I think that his defense is very valuable, and I think that it's kind of going a little bit undervalued by Tibbs so far. Um, just I think that, like, sometimes Hart has the, the more difficult matchups when they're on the court together. Um, but, yeah, that's basically what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it's – I mean, it's a continuation from what we saw in, in the playoffs last year, right, where, like, in the Heat series, like – Tom Thibodeau, a allegedly big proponent of, of analytics and, and of looking at net ratings and, and watching the games three times. And yet he, he couldn't seem to grasp that the Knicks were just way, way, way better with Grimes on the court because he was like the one fulcrum of spacing that they had. And I understand, like, as noted before, like that Ananobi changes the equation a little bit because he's guarded in a way that RJ isn't. And it does open up a world where you can play hard at the two. And it's not it's not as much of a disaster as it was with RJ, but I, I think you're you're almost approaching it the wrong way if that's your logic, because 
what kind of world does it open up for Brunson and Randall if you have two guys who are treated like knockdown shooters in Grimes and Ananobi on the court at the same time? And of course, we get to see that with a starting lineup that has been incredible. But Grimes just does, I mean, he's just a different level of defender than Dante DiVincenzo is. And and I would argue he's he's a better one-on-one defender than Josh Hart is. And I think we saw that at times in, in terms of how the two guarded Jimmy Butler in that series a year ago. And I just, I wish we could, obviously, I don't want anyone to get hurt, but I wish we could get five games of, of Grimes getting back to playing 30 minutes and just seeing what him and Ananobi look like together because with the bench at times they've been impenetrable at times it's been a little shaky but I think over the long haul like those two on the court in the playoffs like if I were Tom Thibodeau that would be my end game and I think he he just values the supplemental stuff that Hart does in terms of rebounding and, and secondary playmaking to such a high extent but Grimes hasn't necessarily had a chance in his career to develop those things. And and to be clear, like some of it is in Grimes's camp and like, it didn't feel like he made a big leap this season. And, and if he'd come out this year with maybe a little bit more to his game and being more aggressive as a driver, like we might not have gone down this road. So I don't, I don't want to say it's all on Tibbs, but it, it, it just feels like a trade that the Knicks, like when they make that eventual star move, like I'm still the proponent, like Quinn Grimes is someone you want on a championship caliber team. Yeah, he's just so easy to slot in alongside anybody just because you know you're get, what you're getting from him defensively. You know the shot is going to be there. You know teams are going to defend him at the three-point line, which is kind of the biggest thing. Is just you create that spacing for Randall and Brunson, which is which is so important, as we saw last season in the playoffs. Um, again, I, I think it's, it's – I'm a little concerned that I, – I, I, this is a longer conversation, but just to ju- just dip the toes yeah. in a little bit. Uh, just the way that – I've always felt a little concerned at the way the Knicks have kind of traded their young talent of late without really fully exploring the kind of lineups that work and don't work. And if Grimes is dealt, um, I, it'll feel, again, like we didn't really see exactly like what how he could have worked alongside in the starting lineup or, you know, on the bench alongside the Vincenzo in lineups or just him getting 20, 25 minutes off the bench. Because I, I do think there's a world where, um, pretty simply too, where Hart, DiVincenzo, and Grimes can all play over 20 minutes a game. Um, but again, with Hart eating at the, the minutes at the two, it just it severely limits what DiVincenzo and Grimes can play. Yeah, and I think I think my like nauseous reaction at, at seeing that report is, is partially because I love Grimes and partially at the idea that the Knicks have drafted so well over the last few years. And and it did it it was this amazing feel like even RJ, who like I think we we were both and like a lot of people who follow him closely, like kind of iffy on as a player, like it felt like such a win when he signed that contract extension and and, and broke the Charlie Ward curse. Like of course he only gets whatever 30 games in, in into that extension before getting dealt. But you'd look at the roster if they traded Grimes and 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 it would be Deuce and Mitch is the only two guys who were drafted in the Knicks in rotation with, with it looking like a real possibility all of a sudden, like Mitch could be traded. Like, I don't know if before the deadline, but certainly this off season, if, if the right deal came around and, and they were able to re-sign Hartenstein. So it, it, it's great that the Knicks are good. You, you, it, it's uh, champ, uh, champagne problems as Chris Percy, I didn't put it when, when they're on the pod because they're trading again quickly. And, and RJ for someone like Ananobi, who's, who's so exceptionally good. Um, but it's just it's it's a little bit of a bummer to not do it with these guys that that you've you've kind of fallen in love with that were that were all underdogs and like I mean quickly to a T RJ in his own way and Grimes to his own way like all embraced like I think like the qualities that Knicks fans like have have loved for years and years and years um, and it it just it it it'd be, it'd be sad for the Knicks to be great without any of those guys still on the team. Yeah, like, like in, I think the easiest way to put it, like from a basketball slash like GM front office perspective, th- these deals might be the right deal in the long run to get the Knicks closer to a championship. 
But I think from a fan's perspective, you know, you 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 watch these guys grow and play for like two, three, four years, and you get an attachment to them and then what they kind of mean to the team. So then when you lose all of that, you kind of just not that you lose the attachment to the team, but you kind of lose a little piece of like why you enjoyed this team over the past yeah. couple of years. So that's yeah. Beautifully said. Um as good a note as any to end on. Um Ariel Pacheco, um I I, I will I will mention it in the episode intro, but uh, one final time, can you tell everyone uh, where they can find all your great work? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at NBA. Um I have a Substack where I write occasionally about things that are going on with the Knicks. Um, so yeah, just follow me on Twitter, and anything I do will be on there. All right. Um, as always, could not give a bigger endorsement to all of Ariel's work. You will be a smarter basketball fan for having consumed it. You'll be a, a, a better Knicks fan for having consumed it. Um, but until next time, this is Ariel. I'm Gavin. We will talk to you very, very soon on Locked on Knicks.